right. Well, we're going to go. Welcome to Cross Community. We have our flags coming in this morning, and it is just super fun to see all of the different countries that are a part of our world areas and the Church of the Nazarene. So thank you. Let's give a hand for our teenagers for doing that for us this morning. So we welcome you to Cross Community. If you're joining us online, we'd love for you to fill out that Connect card uh, right on our website at c3naz.net. And if you're here in the building this morning, we would love for you to fill out that Connect card. It's in your pew racks ahead of you, uh, in your pew, or you can uh, scan the QR code there on the screen. But we are so glad to have you here. Remember that those Connect cards are a way for you to communicate with us, whether your address has changed, you want to sign up for something, we would love to be a part of that with you. So today we launched our small groups, so we have three going on here at 10 a.m. on Sundays, and a new one at the Jennings House on Friday, but led by David and Kimber Shore, and so, and we have ongoing groups that are still continuing throughout the week uh, for the next semester, so make sure you sign up for those in your digital bulletin. Uh, this morning. So, and on April 30th, so that's in two Sundays, uh, Sherman and Jessica Potter will be here with their little baby, Helena. So, woohoo! So, we are going to baby bless them. And that means all y'all, like all church, we're going to stay after, have cupcakes with them. If you can pick up a pack of size two diapers or three to six months, six to 12 month clothes, We'd love to bless them, and then their uh, big brother, Max, will be here, too, with them. But they have been staying home and watching online, and so we want to say we want to bless you, and that baby blessing will be on April 30th. So all of that information is in your bulletin. Make sure you're here to see all that cuteness in Helena. So, uh, And then also, our members of the Church of the Nazarene, you need to mark your calendar for April 30th. We'll be doing the approval for the ballot our church ballot for our leadership teams, and then also May 21st will be our church election. So you want to make sure you put that on your calendar and you're here in the sanctuary after the service. Unfortunately, we can't do that online or remote, so members that are watching online today, you'll have to be here on those days. Uh, And then next week, we're kicking off a one-week series called Rhythms, Finding Rest for Your Soul with Pastor Kyle. Uh, So be a part of that, and then Pastor Jeff will launch a five-week series called Therefore, about the Therefore passages in the Gospels. It's going to be super fun. So don't miss out on that. Bring somebody with you in the next couple weeks. Uh, It's going to be hopping. And then there's Siete de Mayo, May 7th. Our NYI students are going to be serving tacos and nachos as a fundraiser for their NYI trip, and that'll be right after the surface service on May 7th. So read your bulletin. There's lots coming up in the next couple weeks, but right now we are celebrating missions, our global areas of 164 world areas in the Church of the Nazarene, and funding the mission. So uh, if you have an opportunity and want an opportunity to give today, there's mission envelopes in your pew rack, and then also out in the foyer for you to participate in that funding the mission this morning. Uh, But we are excited to have David and Sylvia Potter with us. We uh, adopted them at Christmas time, and so they are back to share more experiences of their mission work. And so we would love that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. So stand up 
and greet one another and say, we are glad you are here this morning. Whether you are online, we'd love for you to say that as well.
to go to the Lord in prayer this morning. The saints gathered around the throne singing holy forever. We invite you to take whatever posture allows you to remain in God's presence, to be seated, to stand, to come and kneel. We want to make you aware of a few things, a few prayer requests we want to have you praying about. Um, One is Dave Meadows, who's here today, um, found a lump that they're concerned about, and so we'll be doing some Uh, work to find out about that. Uh, Their neighbor, uh, Alex, has had some struggles down in Cleveland Clinic. We're remembering him. Um, Just was talking with Julie Lee this morning, texting with her, and uh, we know that they put in a tracheotomy for uh, for Rick in hopes that he wouldn't get uh, pneumonia, but they're thinking that he did anyways, and so we want to be praying, continuing to pray for Rick and for Julie Um, As she's there by his side, just continue to pray for them. Uh, No need to go up and visit. I know many of you love them and are concerned with them, but uh, he's in ICU, and that's just a a tough place. Uh, Also received this morning uh, from Sherry Sackett that her niece, Mary Ann, uh, her oxygen levels are dropping, and we need to pray that those will stabilize so she can move to the nearest good hospital or big hospital in uh, Boston. And so be praying for them. And then uh, we've been praying some for, for Becky Lyle. And uh, today we're going to anoint Katrina on Becky's behalf. Becky will be having major uh, cancer surgery. Uh, they did find out it is cancer and there's a tumor. And, uh, and so she's got a big surgery coming up on Friday. And we want to be praying for her. We're going to gather around and anoint for healing but Katrina said, I only want to, uh, I, I would like to be able to testify before that. And so Katrina and Steve, why don't you come? We'll let uh, Katrina say what God has laid on her heart. And then we're going to gather around and anoint for prayer. But we are praying for you guys and with you.
this crack and I just kind of watch it grow. And in Memphis, it's already in the 90s. And overnight, that crack has doubled and it's coming back on itself. And I just said, God, I can't be here for this. I know it's not something I can do in this, you know, the next couple weeks. Don't know my schedule, doctor's appointments, procedures, da da da. You just have to take care of me, Lord. So the next day, the air conditioner goes out. Again, it's in the 90s, and Memphis is not a place you want to be have your window down and driving around. So I called Becky's mechanic, who I've met before. They're wonderful. And just said, John, can you just fill it up with Freon get me through this? Sure, bring it on in. So he does it, and he said, Katrina, that crack, that's dangerous. You've got to take care of that. And I said, I can't. And he said, here, here's the name of a place here in town. They're huge. They might have your windshield in stock. Punch it in the Garmin. It takes me 15 miles out of my way. <laughs> Finally, I reprogram it, get back to where I'm supposed to be, and I go in. And it is huge. And every one of the receptionists are on the phone and helping somebody. And three times I heard somebody say, um... The earliest we can get it in is next week, Friday afternoon. So I'm ready to walk out. And the office manager comes out and says, can I help you? So I politely tell her what I need, knowing she can't do it. She says, well, let's see what we can do. So she takes me in. She calls my insurance company. She checks their inventory. Yep, we got three of those windshields in stock. We can do it tomorrow. So those are the two days I did not have to run Becky to different places. And so I said, okay, thank you, Lord. So Becky takes me, drop the car off. We're doing something in her car, and her passenger side window goes down, but it won't go back up. Again, Memphis is not a place you can be driving around. Stop your windows. Call John back. I said, John, can we bring it in? Just get it up. And he said, sure, bring it in. Well, now we got two cars, both of them in the shop. How do I get her to work? Da, da, da. Oh, no problem. Because another one of her friends who are out of the country, they already gave her the keys to her house so her family could stay there while we're there. And the keys to her car. If you need more cars, go ahead and use them. It's already taken care of. So, take her car in. John calls back and says, Katrina, there's no oil in Becky's engine. It's not even showing on the dipstick. So we did complete oil change, filled it back up, made sure everything's right. Bring it back the next couple weeks. We'll keep an eye on it. And I just sat there thinking, a cracked windshield, air conditioning, all these irritations that I could not deal with. God has always promised no matter what we go through, he'll be there. He'll provide for us. We could have lost Becky's car. If we, you know, no oil, the engine tunes were up and you have no car. So those little irritations that God worked through save us from something much more major. And he has promised to be there, so you know what your future is? Everything's uncertain, but I know that God is there. You know, the song says something about exceeding joy. I'm not in a place where I can have exceeding joy at the moment. But I trust God because he's there and he is walking with me. It's okay that there are those moments where exceeding joy seems far away. This may be one of those. 
but to declare our trust uh, in the one who is with us is part of the way we move back to that and, and lead and allow him to lead us in time uh, to that place. So we're going to anoint uh, Steve and Katrina. If you're brand new with us or you're new online, uh, the Bible tells us in the book of James that when someone is sick, we should anoint with oil. There's nothing magic about this oil. It's just a symbol of God's presence, healing presence. And we believe that God uses doctors and surgeons and medicine. And Becky is going to submit herself to them this week. And we pray for healing. But we know that when doctor's wisdom ends, God is still able to heal. And so we are praying for his touch and leaving it up to him, whether he wants to use doctors, surgeons, or whether he wants to touch and divinely heal, we are leaving that up to him. So the Bible says we should gather around and anoint for healing and that the prayer of a right related person to God avails much. And so we want to do that this morning. We invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we do want to just pause for a moment and gather with the saints and angels around your throne, singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with your glory. And yet, on a day like today, this can be so difficult to even conceive, let alone participate in. And so we're grateful that you, Lord Jesus, said, Come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so we bring to you those who are dealing with heavy burdens right now. We think of Dave Meadows and Sharon. We pray in the uncertainty that you would touch them, help them to find out in the next few days what might be happening in Dave's body. And we pray that your healing touch would be upon them and that when that appointment comes, they will find nothing. We pray for their neighbor Alex and pray that you would use Dave and Sharon to help him in his time of need. We pray specifically for Pastor Rick Lee this morning. God, whatever is happening in his body, we pray that you would lower his blood pressure. We pray that you would heal the pneumonia. And we pray that you would surround Julie with your comforting presence. We pray for Sherry's niece that you would send oxygen into her body through her breathing, that it would improve enough where she can get to the hospital to get the healing that she needs, the help that she needs. And then, Father, we want to come to you, and today we anoint Katrina on behalf of Becky Lyle. We ask for healing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we pray, God, that you would use the doctors. We pray that you would use the surgeons, the medicine. We pray and we're grateful for the wisdom you have given to them. But God, this is, this is Steve and Katrina's little girl. And she's been raised in this church, so she is ours. And we come before you this morning with heavy hearts. But as Katrina said, trusting you, even when 
the joyous gladness seems far away. And so we pray for your hand to be upon her and touch her and heal her in the name of Jesus, our healer. We pray that you would be with Steve and with Katrina. We pray that you would comfort them as they watch and walk with their daughter through this time. And we pray that you would comfort them, give them strength, give them everything they need for the journey that Becky is about to embark on. Father, we love you and we trust her into your hands. For we know that you are good. We pray that you would call them to our minds and may we be on our knees this week praying for Becky and for Steve and for Katrina and the whole Lyle family. We leave her in your hands. Father, there are so many needs in our community. We pray that you would help us to be a part of alleviating some of those. Remind us that we are called not to just come to church, but to be the church. Help us this week to look to the needs of others. Help us now as we give. Pray that you would take what we give and use it, break it, bless it, multiply it, send it out into our world. May our hearts now be open to all that the potters will come and say to us. May you use even a service like today to call men and women to go into all of the world and preach the gospel, beginning right here in Kalamazoo, but to the ends of the earth. And we pray and we ask all of these things through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. 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 This is what the church looks like, friends. We gather, we support, we pray for one another. We want you to know we would love for you to be a part of Cross Community Church. Uh, Whether you're watching us online or whether you're here in the building, we're grateful that you're here today. We are going to worship the Lord now through giving our tithes and offerings. Uh, There are a few ways that you can do that. You can give online uh, by clicking on on our website, c3naz.net, or scanning that QR code right there. Uh, You can mail something to our physical location if you're watching online at 5625 Oakland Drive, Portage, Michigan, uh, the zip code is 49024, or you can place something in our offering kiosk if you are here in the building. It's just outside the double doors in the lobby. However you choose to give, may God bless you as you give. Carla is going to come. She is our missionary president. She's going to come and introduce our speakers for today. more than a penny to missions in your life. Raise your hand. Awesome. Because you prayed, because you gave, you supported our missionaries, the potters, along with over um, close to 500 missionaries and close to 400 retired missionaries. But that's not all. You helped with 
with literature, resources, medical resources, that they could do their job. And it is our privilege today to have the potters here to bring the message that God has given to them. privileged <laughs> to be your missionaries for the last 30 years. We've served in two countries primarily, Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu. In Papua New Guinea, we were primarily training nurses, since both of us are RNs, and uh, in Vanuatu, we started planting churches and training pastors, and so that was a huge transition. And when we say Vanuatu, people say, Vanu, what? never heard of that, but it's right there next to Fiji, just west of Fiji by 500 miles or 1,500 miles from Queensland, Australia to the east. It's an actually, when we say an island nation, it's not just one island, but 83 islands, a big chain of islands in the shape of a Y out there in the ocean. And we know that... Uh, you, you've had some ups and downs coming through the pandemic years, and, and uh, we want to share some of the ups and downs of ministry, 30 years of ministry. I'm going to share the downs, and Sylvia will share the highlights and the ups. Just some of the things that happened. But remember that in all of it, you had a part, because your church is giving to World Evangelism Fund. And that's like the backbone of Nazarene missions around the world in 164 countries. So you have a part in all that you hear today uh, of the things that the Lord has done in these places. Well, it was just eight months that we had been in Papua New Guinea at Kujip Station. And I definitely heard gunshots. And I ran to the window and I pulled the curtain back and... There was a wall of fire around us, around our whole end of the station. Uh, not something I was expecting. And people were screaming and running. And what was happening was a tribe had come down the mountainside and burned down an entire village of homes. And those people were grabbing their possessions and running, including their homemade rifles, and scaling the fence and coming on to Kujip Station. And uh, I immediately started praying, Lord, protect innocent people. Help us, Lord. And, and then I had an interrupting thought. Where are our boys? Because we have three boys, Joel, Jeffrey, and Wesley. And we quickly found that Jeffrey and Wesley were with us, but we didn't know where Joel was. And he could be anywhere on the station. We had no idea. But we knew that we couldn't stay where we were at. We had to get out of there. And so we jumped in the car. Uh, there was a doctor on the other side of the station, and he offered his home for us to come there. Now, Kujip Station is about a half mile across, and we figured it would be safer on the other side of the station. So as we're traveling in our car, I see this helicopter coming down and landing in an open field thought to myself, that's our evacuation helicopter. That's how we're going to get out of here. 
which turned out not to be true at all. <laughs> Just, you make up things in a crisis, you know. <laughs> You're trying to figure out things. But uh, we got to that doctor's home, and we went inside, and there was Joel. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he was saved. That was wonderful. And then we realized that there were 20 villagers hiding out in that home. The doctor had opened his home to those who were fleeing. And one thing that people don't understand about PNG, they hear about the tribal fighting all the time, but missionaries are not a target unless they choose sides. And when you're hiding villagers in your home, you're choosing sides. So this doctor was putting himself at risk. He was putting his family at risk. And so we're so thankful that the police were able to come the next day and get all those villagers who were hiding out in missionary homes and other homes off the station safely. Praise God. And Joel was safe, and that doctor and his family were safe. And we just praised God. He, he heard our cry for help. When we cry out to him, he hears us. He's not a fair-weather friend. He doesn't run away when there's trouble. And we can cry out to him, and he'll come and help us. Another time that was very difficult, we were leading the College of Nursing, training nurses, and we had made our selection of students for the year. But there was a village that was upset because we hadn't chosen any of their young people. And so one quiet study hall night, angry men showed up with their axes, and they started smashing doors and windows, and our students just fled in every direction. And that evening, they sent a note to my house, and it just said, you're not bulletproof. Whoa. We cried out to the Lord and said, help us to know what to do in this situation. And we talked with our leaders, and they suggested going away for a while to a remote place would be a good thing to do. And so we did. We, we flew to Doosan. Now, Doosan is off in the jungle, a three, three-day walk to get there in the jungle. There's actually no roads to it. Or you can take a flight. And so we took the flight to this small remote place on the edge of a mountain with a 14% grade uphill for a landing strip. We got there, and we, there's a little mission house there, and we were so tired. We opened the door, and we fell down on the bed in the bedroom there. We were just so, so tired, physically exhausted. And then almost immediately, there was a knocking at the door, and three people were there, and they said, you got to come quick. We need your help. There's a little boy who's been axed in the side accidentally by his father. And we need your help. So we stumbled down the hillside with them and found that little boy. He was on a stretcher. They had him wrapped with gauze around the middle. And we looked at that, and there was no fresh blood on it. That's a good sign. We checked his blood pressure. It was good. And his eyes were bright. We prayed for him. And then we had to tell him, keep carrying him on the stretcher for three more hours to get to Sangapi. That's the nearest medical clinic. And so they picked him up, and they, they headed off for Sangapi. 
And we worked our way back up the hill to that little mission house and slept and slept and slept. You know, this house was a very special house to me. I, I'd had a very vivid dream there of an angel coming and scooping me up out of bed and holding me so tight I could hardly breathe. But I knew God loved me. And he does. <laughs> he he loves me and he loves you more than we can even imagine. He's given himself for us. He loves us just like the Bible says. And uh, I don't know if that was just a, a vision or a dream, but I took it as a message from God. But I can tell you from God's word, he loves you more than you can imagine. He does. Praise his name. And you know that little boy did great. They got him fixed up there in Sangapi and he did just fine. You know, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. He is a faithful God. And it's up to us to recognize his presence in those difficult situations and to cry out to him for help, and he will help us. We praise him. You know, Romans says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. He's always helping us to draw closer to him, helping us with our integrity and character and drawing close to him. You know, when I think about a person in the Bible that had a lot of difficult times, think of the life of Joseph. And I know you know that story. His brothers were angry at him. They were trying to kill him. Uh, he was falsely accused in Potiphar's house, ended up in prison. When, it, when his father died, his brothers said they thought he was going to harm them. He was going to get even with them. But Joseph said, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good. To accomplish what's now being done. The saving of many lives. And so he cared for them. He, he looked after them. He reassured them. And he was actually doing God's work. Work of reconciliation. And uh, Paul tells us that we've actually been given the ministry of reconciliation. That we can help people be in right relationship with God and with each other. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, in that story of Joseph, you don't hear much about God. Except for this one little phrase. God was with him. God was with him. God was with him. Again and again in that story. Praise the Lord. He he participated in God's ministry of reconciliation by not taking revenge on his brothers, by helping their families, providing for their children, reassuring them, speaking kindly. God is always in the business of reconciliation, renewal, restoration. He's that kind of God, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We can have a part in it. 
Well, those are some of the difficult times, some of the hard times. But I want Sylvia to come and share some of the highlights, some of the wonderful things that God has done. It's a joy to be here with you and to declare that God has done great things. And because of that, we are filled with joy. And as we come uh, representing missionaries from around the world, uh, we want you to know how much we appreciate your partnership um, financially, giving to the World Evangelism Fund, um, prayerfully uh, supporting missionaries, uh, not always knowing exactly what they're facing, but God does, and uh, we've seen him work great things. So we just uh, echo the psalmist in 126 verse 3. He has done great things. We've watched him over these last 30 years, and I'm really glad I get to talk about the good things and that David takes on the heavies. Um, I'd much prefer that. Um, during our last years in Papua New Guinea, um, David uh, was uh, received a, a memo from the government that uh, or it, it just kind of instituted, instigated a huge transition for the College of Nursing, one that was much bigger than uh, we had ever done before. Um, and so David thought about it and prayed about it and decided that he would ask some of the Nazarene universities in America that had nursing schools to send their dean of the School of Nursing to come and help us in this transition from a certificate level program to diploma level and become kind of our quality assurance team. He thought that maybe one university would agree to partner with us and give some guidance um, to this process. Um, but instead, there were four Nazarene universities. Our alma mater at Point Loma was one. But Olivet also and Southern Nazarene University and Mid-America, uh, there were actually five universities together that um, showed up at Kujit to begin these first meetings. These highly academic people that left David kind of quaking in his boots to lead them uh, were very humble people and really helped us to think through the process and also to guide us uh, into that next level of education. So while David was helping with the transition along with this team that they ended up calling themselves the consortium, um, he was also mentoring Mr. White Kintock, a national man who was serving as the vice uh, principal of the School of Nursing at that time. He had grown up in a village called Pepic, not far from Kujip, and was actually there when the first pioneer missionaries, Wanda and Sidney Knox, arrived in Papua New Guinea to bring the gospel uh, to that country. And Mr. White um, could see uh, from his own eyes as a little boy at that time, but as he grew up, the difference that Christ makes in the lives of people because he saw it in his own life and in his own family. And this began him on a journey that he gave himself completely to be a messenger of the gospel in whatever way he could. He would take uh, 
students with him on the weekends to a new area to share the gospel and allow those students to participate. It um, gave God an opportunity <laughs> to guide Mr. White in uh, beginning to envision that this curriculum change could be used in another way to incorporate a whole other uh, part of education, um, equipping our student nurses with evangelism and ministry and Bible teaching so that when they graduated from the School of Nursing, they would graduate not just with a diploma in nursing, but also with a certificate in ministry, going out to all the different rural places in Papua New Guinea as church planting nurses, people, nurses that are trained to take care of the body, but also trained to take care of people and guide them in knowing the Lord. We think that's one of the greatest things that came about uh, while we were there and continue to watch as Mr. White uh, continues to serve the College of Nursing there. Well, because he, he went on to become the principal, we were free to go someplace else, and they asked us to begin the work, to pioneer the work in the, in the islands of Vanuatu, and not to start a school of nursing, but to start the Church of the Nazarene because it wasn't there yet. Um, so we became what Mr. White had dreamed of, church planting nurses. We had not pastored or started a church prior to that time, but God just used what we had. Uh, and what we did was we started with a Sunday school for children on our front porch because we had a very big front porch and kids were all around us. Um, that worked. Uh, their, their parents came and uh, then their friends and Pretty soon, our little uh, church plant was bigger than our veranda, bigger than our front porch. And it was bigger than what we felt we could handle. So we started praying, Matthew 9:38, asking the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers in to Vanuatu, to this harvest field. And you know, God has not stopped answering that prayer for workers. Um, He's been providing workers from the harvest uh, to continue the work of the church in Vanuatu, and we give praise to him for that. Um, he's provided uh, all kinds of people. I shared with the uh, Improving Your Serve Sunday School class about Mokbin, a woman that when she talked to me the first time, I could not hear any words, but she's gone on to become a, a wonderful um, church a supporter and encourager, a lay person in the church that promotes the gospel wherever she is. Uh, Miriam Nalga, she right away uh, offered herself to be a leader for the young people. She had never been a pastor, but she had been a young person before, and she started leading the young people that were gathering in this church. Today, she's the the person in training to be the principal of our South Pacific Nazarene Theological College in Vanuatu. God does great things. He doesn't just uh, call people and use them for a time, but he continues the process of developing and equipping leaders. Um, it's a journey. And oftentimes as human beings, we're, we're kind of tempted to give up on people on the journey because something bad happens or they turn a wrong way 
God has a much bigger picture, and we've learned to have patience in God's plan of developing leaders. It takes time, and uh, if we give up too soon, I think God would be disappointed because there's people that are still in the process, still saying yes to God. In those first three years um, that we were in Vanuatu, uh, the Lord was working in Papua New Guinea. In the heart, in the hearts of uh, Papua New Guinea pastors, Peter and Jenny Isaac, who were serving at their Bible college in, um, in Ningi, not far from the hospital campus. They each had heard the call of God in their hearts to be missionaries, independently of each other. Uh, they didn't even talk to each other about it for a while. But as they prayed individually, they began to talk and realized that God was calling them to be missionaries. They approached their leaders, their field leaders, said, what do we do? Where do we go? And they were offered to come to Vanuatu to help us because we prayed and asked God for workers. And so Peter and Jenny and their three little boys came to Vanuatu in 2006. Peter had been a pastor from the time he was just a young man. And so they asked him to be the district superintendent to help this church to grow outside of Port Villa into all those islands to help it to uh, spread. And they asked David if he would take on starting a pastoral training program, like a Bible college in Vanuatu. Because, you know, if you don't have a way to equip people to serve, then your church won't grow very fast. And so David started in 2006 teaching classes, Bible college classes, in our front room. And people came, and they were interested in learning. Um, we give thanks to God for the pastor training program that's called South Pacific Nazarene Theological College, a great big name for uh, a college that's in five campuses. Uh, we have the Vanuatu campus in Port Villa, and it's also in Samoa and Fiji and Solomon Islands. And this last year, Tonga, the Kingdom of Tonga, also in the South Pacific, participated and has started teaching people to be pastors there. In Vanuatu campus, uh, we've seen eight people uh, graduate with a certificate in ministry. And after they graduate, we start training them to teach because we need faculty. And so people like uh, Pastor Eileen Gideon and um, Gideon Sam and Miriam Nalga have become graduates Several of them have been ordained, and now they are teaching their own people. We're thankful. We talked with Peter and Jenny on Friday. They're getting ready to start a diploma program, uh, starting to teach the pastors so that they can have a higher level of education and continue on. Um, we're thankful, too, that Nazarene Theological College joined with us and provided another way for our graduates to continue their education None of our graduates have a high school diploma. Some of them have graduated from sixth grade. So getting continuing education is a real challenge. But um, Nazarene Theological College in Brisbane, Australia, had developed something that didn't look at what you'd accomplished in the past. 
they look at who you are, and if you want to try, they're going to support. It's called Culturally and Linguistically Diverse Education, and they make it available online. It's like face-to-face because -face it's video conferencing, and you're joining with people from other countries like Solomon Islands and Fiji and Samoa. So Miriam has started the program and has completed four classes, and now Peter has started the program also and is finishing his first class. You know, the Nazarene College of Nursing and SPNTC for short, that one in five, five uh, different nations, NTC, these are just three of the 51 institutions that are educating people in 120 different world areas. The Church of the Nazarene believes that education and teaching and ministry in that way is a vital means of mission, of helping the Church of the Nazarene, the Church of God, to move forward. And we're thankful that we got to be part of those different ways. Well, during those years in Vanuatu and in Papua New Guinea, too, we saw the Lord provide many um, different people, different workers that came alongside of us to develop and serve with us these countries that we served in. There were volunteers that came from youth and mission teams, college students that gave up six weeks of their summer vacation to come and work with us. They, um, in Vanuatu, they helped to birth several new churches, and we were very thankful for them. Missionary doctors from Papua New Guinea, work and witness teams from America, from United, from the uh, Australia and from Papua New Guinea, retired couples that brought their expertise like construction, health, English as a second language. They came and they, they served for a, a period of time and made a difference in the lives of people. Um, we're thankful for the teams that God developed and provided through the workers that he called. Uh, we believe that God is still calling people today. We got to send somebody off on Monday to Papua New Guinea from Grand Rapids, a Michigander that's going to serve in, in uh, Kuja, Papua New Guinea, as an MK school teacher and help in the College of Nursing. God calls retired people. He doesn't just call young people. So if you're feeling a call to missions, while we're here today, we'd be happy to talk to you about it and uh, give you some ideas about what to do next. Today, after 19 years of serving in Vanuatu, we're really glad to uh, let you know that there are 12 churches of the Nazarene in those islands in Vanuatu, four different islands now. Uh, they've been thinking about a fifth island. Uh, two hurricanes blew through in the last couple weeks and back-to-back uh, -back within a week of each other and brought much devastation to the southern islands. And so their attention has been given lately to disaster relief, helping people to have shelter and food uh, in this time. In 2020, which was the last time that we had a very big hurricane, that provided an opportunity to start a new church. Um, there was, uh, at that time, it was the northern islands that were hit hard. And... Um, at that time, too, it was COVID, and we weren't getting any mission relief or disaster relief at that time because we weren't letting any planes into our country. But the Nazarenes in Vanuatu had seen for themselves what Nazarene Compassion Ministries had done, and they said, we can, we can do this. 
right here. We can be disaster relief to our own people. So they gathered up food and some used clothing and uh, some Bibles and other goods, pots and pans and dishes, and they put together a team and put it on a boat, uh, all this stuff, and they went to the island of Espiritu Santo, which in Portuguese means Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit Island, and they went to the village called Pepsi. That's like Pepsi-Cola in America. Um, and they arrived at this village, and they put out a tarp, and they put in little piles this food and all the stuff they brought, dividing it to each family. It was kind of like uh, a Melanesian crisis care kit. Uh, you guys use Ziploc bags, which are way too expensive for us to buy in Vanuatu. But they have a tarp, and they use piles, and it worked great. And if you've had a chance to distribute one of those crisis care kits, you know what message it takes to the person that receives it. They feel the compassion of Christ. They feel that love. They feel hope well up within them. Somebody cares about me. And that's what that village felt that day. And they said, we want to know more about you. And so they invited the Church of the Nazarene to come and talk to them. So Pastor Gideon went with Pastor Eileen, shared the gospel. People were saved. They wanted to become Nazarenes, and so they talked to them about what the Nazarene Church is all about. And today, there is the Church of the Nazarene in Pepsi Village on Espiritu Santo Island, an organized church. We praise God for disasters that bring about wonderful results in the kingdom. We work our way out of a job. That's always been our plan. And as we were leaving the field in 2021, uh, God provided for uh, someone to take over. Uh, our partner missionary, Jenny Isaac, um, has become the principal and continues to mentor Pastor Miriam Nounga to be the next principal. Um, and we're thankful that the Bible College continues to go forward, continues to serve the the church there. We're grateful for what God has done in the 30 years that we've been there, and we give thanks to you guys for helping us to be there. Yes, the important thing to remember is that you had a part in all of it. All the things that you've heard, all the highlights, you, you had a part in it. Praise the Lord. Well, the important thing for us to do is just to say, Lord, I'm totally yours. Uh, use me like you want. Or like little Samuel who said, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And then really listen. Listen for what he says to you deep within your heart. Because, uh, well, like Reverend Bob Benson said in his book, He Speaks Softly. And Reverend Bob Benson was a soft-spoken pastor, but he was talking about God. He says he speaks softly. But you can hear him listen. And it's so true. If you listen with your heart, you can hear what he's saying to you. If you just ask him, what would you have me do? Or how do you want me to live in this day? The wonderful thing is he'll talk to you about it. He really will. You ask him and he'll talk to you. Well, we have a part in this ministry of reconciliation together. And 
There are so many ways that we can assist in mission. And one of the most wonderful ways, of course, is through World Evangelism Fund. That is like the backbone of mission in 164 countries for the, for the Church of the Nazarene. And we just praise God for your giving and for your prayer support for your missionaries. You know, sometimes people come up to us and they say, you know, I don't think I could do what you're doing. That's not really what we want them to say, though. What we'd like them to say is, what's on this cup Sylvia gave me? It says, let the adventure begin. As, they, as you say yes to Jesus, let the adventure begin, because it truly will be an incredible adventure. Well, we want you to see firsthand, through video, your brothers and sisters in Vanuatu and the churches there, which are very different from the churches here. But so you can better pray for them. So we'll have the video now. like we might have some technical difficulties uh, so we'll we'll see if we can get that video going while we have time in the lobby and you can step back in and and uh, see what's happening in Vanuatu and, and Papua New Guinea can we just say thank you to our missionaries the potters for coming in today Why do we do things along these lines? Why do we have missions, faith, promise Sunday? I, I love these kinds of Sundays because I want us to, to know something about the Church of the Nazarene that we can be proud of. And that is that we are people of action. That we actually believe when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news, that we should do that. And you've heard some great examples of that. We are people of action but we are also people who are adaptable. It's not just about going and building a church and, and setting up a church and a pastor, but we found that you can send medical missionaries and we can train and teach other people how to heal the body and the soul. We can, we can teach, we can build wells, we can provide during times of, of crisis. So we're action-oriented and we're adaptable and we believe that God uses and calls all people to do that. And so the potters are one example, but we're hearing about how God is calling people in Vanuatu and people uh, from Papua New Guinea. And what if God today might be calling you, male or female, young, old, retired, just getting started in university, God might call you 
if, as we heard, you'll let the adventure begin. And one of the ways today that we can, as a church, begin the adventure and, uh, and call to action and be adaptable is through our giving. And so you were given uh, on your way in, or if you have not received one of these, they're at our Welcome Center. You can pick one up on your way out. These are in the pews, in fr- in, right in the pocket in front of you. This is our World Evangelism Fund, and there are three boxes here at the bottom where we uh, give every year through Easter offering, Thanksgiving offering, or Faith Promise. Missions Faith Promise is today. The brochure tells you all about what this giving goes towards, but we would love for you to participate in that. So if you want to give today, grab one of these, or if you want to give later on in the, in the week, or grab one of these, fill it out, put the, whatever you want to put into it, uh, and put it right in the offering kiosk back there in the back. If you would like to participate on an ongoing basis, I'm going to be adaptable. I'm going to adapt my uh, funds so that I can give towards all of the wonderful things that Faith Missions Faith Promise goes to. We want you to take out this, uh, tear this part off, fill it out, and put it somewhere where you'll see it very often so you can remember every time the paycheck comes in or something, you can give a little bit knowing that you're participating in what is happening in all the world areas that the Church of the Nazarene is around. There is one more way. I think we have one more slide, uh, possibly. If you are online and would like to give through that, there should be a QR code, or we'll have it up on the screen here in just a second. And you can scan that, and it'll take you right to our online giving. You can look for Missions Faith Promise, and you can give right towards that. There are a lot of ways that you can participate and let the adventure begin today. Hasn't it been a great day? Would you like to thank your missions council for putting things together and developing this service? It was just a beautiful time. And if you'd like to give just directly to the potters to thank them, you can do that. They'll be out in the lobby. In fact, why don't we allow you guys to go on out in the lobby? There are displays out in the lobby for all the world areas that the Church of the Nazarene is involved in. And we are going to have soup and salad bar uh, right after church today. We would love for any of you who are here to stay and be involved in that. You're just going to go out the double doors, down the hall, through the double doors, and to your left. And uh, we'll have some soup and salad um, because I hear soup kind of weather is coming later on today. Uh, Boo. But we're so glad that you were here. Can I uh, invite you to stand? And I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you and send you out. And now, brothers and sisters, may you let the adventure begin. If God is calling you or laying on your heart that he wants to send you out into the world to preach the gospel, may your answer always and ever be, yes, Lord, yes. I pray that you will go in His strength, go in His name, go with His call to action and adaptability to all people be on your hearts this week and always. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us online. Go in His name. Amen.